Rant and Rave is brought to you by Andrews Technology Group. Make sure you hit them up at A-N-D-R-E-W-S Technology Group.com. DJs, promoters, small business owners, get your technology and website needs met. Hey, Soka lovers, it's Soka Say So. And this check. And we're back with a special limited series. We have a collection of interviews with people around the world talking about the global perspectives of the Black Lives Matter movement. We wanted to hear from people and hear what they are seeing in their country and why they think people are breaking quarantine to get out into the streets to make their voices heard. In this kickoff episode, we are speaking with Frank Doe of Frank Doe Travels, who we met in Ghana to hear his perspective. We hope you enjoy episode one. I feel like because of COVID-19, so many people have been able to really see what's going on um, mm. with Black Americans, but Black people globally. Um, yeah. Just, and now that they're not distracted or busy or running about their daily lives and they're like glued to social media, because this isn't just, you know, entertainment for social mm-hmm. media. This is how we're getting our news now. I think it has affected the world. And that's why we're seeing all of these protests. Yeah, um, yeah, I think so. Now that everybody have less to do, we are taking a, a, like a recount of our life, things that have been happening around us. Like, okay, things that we're too busy to pay attention to. Now we have a lot of time to go back, sit down and reflect on everything that's going on around us. So I think the COVID-19 in a way, though it is bad, has also helped us to really look at some things that was happening around us, but we paid blind eyes to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, you're over in Ghana. You're not in Accra proper, are you? Are you in Accra? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm I'm in Accra, just like, I'm just about 45 minutes from Accra Centra. So I'm like in Accra. Okay. Yeah. And have there been protests in Accra now? Like, are people taken to the streets? Oh, yeah. Um, during um, the killing of Floyd, there was Black Lives Matter, Matter's protests in Accra as well, as we are seeing all over the world. Accra, the people in Accra had a protest against that. And even during the funeral, we had a memorial service for Floyd here. Even during his funeral in, in the U.S., it was broadcast from Ghana. Ghana was acknowledged. The speech from our president was acknowledged during the funeral. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Ghanaians have been participating in this life, Black Lives Matter very seriously. And we are fully behind the Black Lives Matter movement, like, I have a lot of friends who are Ghanaians who are in the States and I'm always scared for them. Every time anything of this sort pops up, I'm always scared for them. I call them to find out how they are doing. And also my clients that I travel with, like you guys, you, Jamila, and everybody, I call, I call everybody to check on how they are doing. And Yeah, because yeah, so. it, it looks different from the outside, right? Like it looks really scary from the outside i imagine yeah yeah because uh in ghana though there are uh, f- police brutalities here and there 
but it's not on, based on race. So when something of that sort is happening, we hear about it happening in the US, we are like, I'm always like, America, it, America claims to be the land of free. So what's happening? Mm-hmm. What's happening? We have our problem with the police. I wouldn't say our police are the best in the world. They are not. We have our problems, but to brutalize someone based on his color or not because of what he or she has done, I, 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 it's just too much. Like sometimes I just can't take it out. I, I ask myself, do I ever want to go to the US? No, I don't want to because I don't want to be a place where every minute I have to look over my shoulder that I could get killed the next minute. No. Mm. I don't feel that way in Ghana. So I feel, I always tell my friends, like, I'm like, I think Ghana is the best place to be in the world. That's Mm. what I say. Yeah. Well, because you don't have, you know, all the different races and cultures, you know, looking at each other fearfully, right? Here, there's this, you know, white against black. And then you also have Asians mixed into it, Indian people, Latino people mixed into it. And so there's this, this fear, right? People yeah. are looking at each other with fear. That doesn't really happen in Ghana, I'm assuming. Is that true? Like there's no, no real like no, we don't look attention like that. No, we don't look at either. We have in Ghana, the only problem I would say we have is uh, we have our tribal issue because we have over 70 tribes in Ghana. Hmm. Over seven. So we have our minor problem, which is that the tribal issues like um an Ashanti man doesn't want his daughter to marry from uh, marry someone from an Ewe tribe. We have that petty, petty issues, but not on a large scale like in the US. Uh, we have our tribal differences. Yeah, of course, we have our tribal differences that people tend to, even when it comes to jobs, people try to tend to favor people from their tribe to employ them. Like, oh, you are from our tribe. So even if you are not qualified, they try to, if there's someone who is more qualified than you, they try to fix you in because, okay, you are from his tribe. You are his countryman. We say more or less we're like, oh, you are my countryman. We are in the same country. So yeah, we have our differences. We have our issues here, but it's not based, like I said earlier, it's not based on race or anything like that. Because we are- And the policing, the policing in Ghana is like that as well, because- Here, the movement right now is to defund the police. And so for people who don't know what that means, it doesn't mean just get rid of all police officers. It's use some of the resources that are given to policing our communities. Use those resources for like summer youth programs or for mental health care, just other resources that can probably prevent tragedies like that. Mm -hmm. So the policing in Ghana, what's that like? Okay, so um, what I've noticed in Ghana is that um, money, money and power tend to influence the policing situation in Ghana more. Once you have money and you have power, you are likely to get away with a lot of things in this country. That's one problem. Like uh, a poor man go out, go still, or uh, what can I say? Something, let's take a bag of rice, and within three days, he's been processed to court, sent to jail. That's it. But a rich man that stole something more than worth a million dollars, and the case 
goes to court. They go about it. He's billed. Go, go had a lot uh, enough time to file for lawyers. Like the whole case can be in 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 court for more than a year, and nobody has been sentenced. But once you are you are a poor person. The police process you quickly to court, and the next day you file your a sentence is a judgment is passed. So mm. we have yes. Yeah, so we tend that like, the police tend to be not they tend not to be fair to the poor people. So that has been mm-hmm. that's one big issue I have we have in Ghana. Like once you are poor, your voice is not heard. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And the majority of Ghana is black people, right? Black yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, majority. We are Ghanaians mm-hmm. are black. We are black people. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> we have. <laughs> you know, the, it's like the whole of Africa. Should I say, okay, West Africa? I mean, West, Western part of Africa. So, West Africa is like, we have to become black people. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, because there's there's an idea that like, well, if it's all black people, then you can't really be treated unfairly. But obviously money and status come into it now. So you still have issues. But it's not like you said, it's not on the scale as it is here in America. So when you were seeing the protests and you were seeing Black Lives Matter and you were seeing that erupt globally, what were you feeling? What was the conversation like in Ghana around this? Oh, okay. So uh, when I saw the well, the movement, you know, initially it has always been about the US, but this year, like the whole world has awakened to the reality that no. When I, so I was kind of I was really impressed with the global attention to I turned it to CNN, I turned it to BBC, Al Jazeera. All the top news networks and it's all about the protests going on all over the world. I was really amazed this morning when I went on Twitter and I saw the protests in New Zealand, and uh, and it, I was like, yeah, now now is the time. It, this has been mm. going on for too long, and now everybody is awake. So we really have to trash this out and find a lasting solution to it. So I was really happy about what is going on and even happy that even Ghanaians are participating in. They're like, we just don't fool our army like, oh, it's, it's for the Americans, so let them handle their thing. But like, we see you guys as our brothers and sisters. So when everything was going on, we're like, yeah, we can't just sit down. So when I see the government of Ghana, the, the African-American diaspora in Ghana, championing the cause for the protest and everything. I was really impressed about the whole thing. Yeah, I was really, really, really impressed. Well, your government has said and reached out to, I mean, even prior to George Floyd's murder, um, that calling for Black people around the world to come to Ghana, the year of return last year. So now they're saying, look, if you feel like you're not safe in America, come to Ghana. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've always, any time, I, I don't know when, I, when I, I remember when we were traveling, touring Accra, I told you guys need to come back and invest because the, the media is telling you Africa, they are giving you a wrong image of about Africa, but these same Europeans, whites are coming here to invest. So why are they discouraging you guys to come here and invest or live here? That's that's the question. So I've always encouraged my, uh, uh, my African-American friends to come home and invest. It's all about investment. You can't be sitting in America working nine, eight, eight to five 
every day for your, the rest of your life. Come home, invest, and live comfortably. You don't need to watch over your shoulders, like getting worried about getting killed by a cop the next minute. So I've always mm-hmm. talked to people to come back home. It's not easy for people to adjust. That one, I will tell you. We have a lot of issues. Our systems might not be working. Electricity going off for more than two hours or six hours sometimes in a day. You, it's gonna the system gonna frustrate you. But I still will you still wanna be in America going through all those racial abuse, or you want to come here, get acquainted with the system and live a comfortable life. It's not going to be easy from the beginning. It's going to be tough, but. I encourage my African-American friends to make that conscious effort to start from somewhere. At least do some, do it for your kids. If, if you don't live to enjoy it, at least build a legacy for your kids to, okay, that when, whenever the situation is getting out of hand in America, I only have a place in Africa, I have a place in Canada. I can go to where I'm always welcome. So that's why I support the government, our government encouraging you guys to come back home. There are thousands of lands available. Yeah, you can we can you can go into farming. You can do whatever you want to bring your business idea, whatever you've learned in America or Europe. Bring it back home. Let's build Afghana. Let's build Africa. Mm, I like that because so many people in America, especially those like my parents are from Guyana, yeah. so South America, yeah. but I grew up in america i know american culture i know american ways but there are some people who you know for generations they've been in america and they don't feel as connected to africa they don't feel like they would be welcome going back because there's there's almost no um real way to identify with the culture and the people they're very american they've been here for generations and it's good to hear that there's a welcoming, like, no, you can still come back. <laughs> you originated from yeah. you can still come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. And, you know, um, it's just, you know, it's just a, a systematic way planned by the, our colonizers to break that connection. We, mm. So for, for generations, people have been brainwashed about Africa. So now they, they grow up not wanting to have anything to do with Africa. But these same people who have brainwashed you about Africa come back Africa, taking everything from here and taking it back to America. Mm. All the resources, all, all the metals, all the gold, all the oil, they come for it from here. But these same people are painting African black. So it's just a systematic way to just cut you from your real roots and just keeping you in an oppressed system. That is, they continue manipulating you in a way. So people have to, yeah, Absolutely. people have to make that conscious effort. Now, thanks to social media, the the news, the major news networks can paint Africa, but there's always YouTube channels, Instagram pages that you can visit and see the beauty of Africa. See the beauty of Ghana. You are here in the during the year of return. You've seen Accra. Mm-hmm. You've been to Cape Coast. Tell me, do you see all the hunger, the projects on TV, on BBC, CNN? We always showing African kids of hunger. Did you see anything of that? Sir? Look at, look at, Nothing look like at the cars you saw. Look at the skyscrapers in Accra. Look at people. People are driving Ferraris and Maybach and Rolls Royce here. People are living good. 
mm. traveling walking in Accra is just like you are walking in New York or any any other place in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have our yeah, yeah, we have our level of poverty. Yeah, America have that, but they don't show it. They don't mm-hmm. show it. They are placed in America today that don't have access to water, that don't have access to electricity. Mm-hmm. But they don't they don't show it. But why that why do you show that of Africa? But you don't show that of your own country. So it's just a way of brainwashing people. So I always tell people that it goes beyond watching CNN and BBC and making a judgment. Make that conscious effort. Instead of going on a holiday to France, to uh, going to visit Paris, Belgium, Germany, whatever, make that conscious effort. Take that trip to Africa and see things for yourself. Go to South Africa, go to Kenya, go to Tanzania, go to Egypt. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. When we were there in December, it was not what we <laughs> what we were told about Africa. You know, luckily I had been you know following a lot of channels, um, a lot of social media accounts, and I always wanted to do the canopy walk in Ghana. It was on my yeah. bucket list, and I was so glad that I was able to do it. Year of return, I had been planning for five years to go to Ghana, and it was just I have a fear. Of okay, so it was like, oh, that's far. <laughs> That's a long time. Yeah, yeah, it <laughs> it's is. going to take a while. It is. But Year of Return really just gave me that extra impetus, that extra encouragement to go and to see for myself. And we had a great time. It was beautiful. Yeah, it was, Year of Return was amazing. Like, I was I was so proud as a Ghanaian. Like, watching people right from the airport, they were all coming with their drumming, the cultural display. Mm-hmm. Right from the airport, you get connected. So you are your spirit your yes. spirit is at peace right from the airport you you feel like well i'm finally home so that's yes. what we want to encourage people like black black people we want to encourage them that all the education all the skills they've acquired in america they should bring that home to help the continent because once we becomes the continent becomes strong i don't think this brutality and things Will, will go on. It might, it might go on, but the skill, the rate at which it's going on, the skill that I'd like, like that life skill, it's actually going to reduce. So gradually, mm-hmm. it might not happen today, but let's look at in the next fifty years. Let's start making that conscious effort from now. For the, our generation, the next fifty years, want to see the black race free from any racial abuse. Like we are free, we are free to travel to Germany. As a black man, travel to America, travel to UK. As a black man, I'm not. I'm not worried. We want to see that in the next fifty years, in the next twenty, years, in the next forty years. We want to see that. Mm-hmm. So, but but yeah, the best way we can we can idea. get to that is to build a continent, make build a continent, make our currency strong to battle the, the other international currencies, take charge of our monetary system. We don't have to be printing. Our money, just like look, look at the French colonies in West Africa. French uh, France is still keeping sixty percent of their foreign reserve in France. Mm. You have to keep sixty percent of your foreign reserve in France, and France, France makes sure they print their monies for them. How do, how does your colonial master print your money for you? Mm-hmm. How do you allow such yeah. a thing? 
So we have to yeah. start making that conscious effort from today. It might not, it's not, it's not going mm-hmm. to last. Martin Luther and Co started fighting how many years ago? We have to continue until we are free. We can't just leave the torch like that. We have to keep the torch burning. We have to keep the fire burning. Mm-hmm. If, it, if it's going to take the next 100 years, it's going to take the next 200 years. Let's do it from today. And I, I really, I'm really happy about this year, the, the protest going, everybody's, it's like everybody's awake now. This 2020, COVID-19 has made it possible. Like people have enough time to reflect on everything now and say that, no, okay, mm-hmm. this is actually what the black race is facing. And we are saying enough is enough. So yes, let's not, yeah, let's not let this fire burn just quench after COVID-19 is over. Everybody's back to their regular work. So we forget about this. Let's keep on pushing. Let's keep on pushing. Let's keep on pushing until we are free. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love that. I believe yeah. that. And I think that is absolutely the goal of, I mean, this is not the first time we've protested, but the momentum and the laws that are being passed and the bills that are being passed in America, you know, they've lawmakers have said this, we've been trying to get these things through and we weren't able to do it until the global protests, until there was that pressure to make these changes. So I do hope we continue to put pressure on these legislators, on our politicians, on governments around the world to eradicate racism. Yeah, we 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 can't afford to go back to sleep. We can we can we, now that we have the global attention, the whole world is behind us. Mm-hmm. We can't afford to go back to sleep. We have to keep we have mm-hmm. to keep pushing. We have to keep the fire burning. Because once we go back to sleep, it's like we are back to factory reset. We are back to reset mode, and to ignite that fire again is going to take another what another killing. Another man losing his life before we wake up again. No. We, it's, now is the time to mm. say enough is enough. So we keep pushing until our voices are heard, until the legislatures have changed the laws, that they have to go back to their books and rewrite, rewrite mm-hmm. those laws and make a conscious effort to make, make every man equal and make every man free. As the American, America always boasts about the land of free. We want to see that freedom for every man irrespective of your race, where you come from, whether Chinese, whether African, whether Mexican, whether Puerto Rican, whether Jamaican live in America, everybody is supposed to be free, to enjoy that free, that land of free. Everybody is supposed to enjoy it. Once you find yourself on the soils of America, you are entitled to that freedom. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, Frank, I didn't get to do our intro because we just went right into yeah. the discussion. So I'm really <laughs> glad. No, I'm really glad. I didn't want to, I didn't want to pause anything, but I do want to tell people the way that, you know, Jamila and I, Soka Seso and I know you is through Frank Doe travels in Ghana. When we touched down for year of return, you gave us the best city tour and really got us to see the culture up close and personal. Yeah. How, how long have you been doing these tours? Because you are very oh, Okay, so I've always wanted, I've been, that, uh, from childhood, I've have, always have that love for traveling. So right from high school to go into 
my diploma, I knew I wanted to do tourism. So I started studying history, social studies, about different places, reading a lot. So officially, I've started, I started to, uh, being a tour guide and a travel advisor in Ghana since 2010. Yeah, mm -hmm. so... You look so young. Yeah. <laughs> since, That's a good Ghana son. That's yeah, since... It's a good Ghana food and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> since 2010, I went to Cape Coast Polytechnic, Technical University to do my diploma in tourism. So by the third year, I was the organizer for Ghana Tourism, Ghana Tourism Student Association. So organizing trips for my colleagues, making every semester... We go with make sure we visit the tourist attraction. So it took it started from that point since 2010. I've been actively involved in tourism, taking people on tour across the country. And I love meeting people. It's like it's always give refreshes me to meet new people, people from all over the world. Nice. And you your service, your customer service was absolutely top-notch. We were at the hotel with some other people who were looking for their guides, waiting for their guides. And we knew, we had your WhatsApp. We knew exactly what time we would be meeting you. We knew what was happening. You were in great communication with us. So it was wonderful. That was really important to us. So as, as foreigners, right? We don't know anything mm -hmm. going on. And we're relying on the locals to, to tell us where to go and what to do. And you were just, your customer service was top notch. I fully, fully endorse and highly recommend anybody going to Accra. Look up Frank Doe Travels. Where can they find you on? Oh, okay. Media? So you can find Frank Doe Travels on Instagram. I'm really active on Instagram and Twitter. Frank Doe Travels, both Twitter and Instagram. But my Facebook is my personal name, Frank Maconi Doe. Okay, spell that. Okay, Frank Maconido, <laughs> the name Frank. Do I need to spell Frank? No. No. <laughs> okay, so Maconi is M-A-C-O-R-N-Y, then do, D-O-E. Ah, okay. So <laughs> yeah, three, three names. names. So but it's easy to, once nice. you connect with me on Instagram, my contact is there on Instagram. So you can WhatsApp me. On my, my Twitter, my Facebook the account is on my Instagram page and Twitter as well. So once you hit the Instagram, you have every information about me. You can connect to me direct to my WhatsApp or even call me. I'm always available for calls. Nice. Nice. Well, I will put all of your information in the show notes because, like I said, I definitely want to endorse and big you up. I know people can't travel this year, but 2021. I'm putting it into the universe. We can yeah. travel. Yeah, so <laughs> and we will go. Yeah, to I encourage people. You don't have COVID 19 is over, but we can start planning for 2021 from today. So once you are ready, let's get talking. Let's plan something. I I work I work with you. We can plan everything according to your taste, how you want it. I've always want people to tailor nice. trips for people the way they want it, so that. They don't feel so cramped up with thoughts or anything. So <laughs> just tell me what you want, how you want it, and we can just agree on things. Places that I need to advise you on, I give you the suggestions. So, yeah, let's start planning for 2021 from today. Nice. Thank you so much 
for being on the podcast, for sharing your perspectives on Black Lives Matter in Ghana and around the world. And we will All see right. you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor to be on your podcast. And I'm really happy about this opportunity. And I really appreciate you for that. I'm so happy you got to speak with Frank. I really wanted to hear that African perspective and from Ghana specifically, they're calling us back and I need the world to hear that. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we went and we participated in the year of return, it definitely felt like we were being welcomed home and to hear that, you know what? There is a place if we feel like we are just not getting, you know, enough respect or we're worried about just raising our children in America. There is somewhere in Africa where they're saying, come back. It is okay. (laughs) We want to maintain that connection and relationship with our brothers and sisters abroad. I love hearing that. Just that brings me so much joy. Mm -hmm. But you know what else brings me joy? What else? What else? I want to (laughs) rave. I think um, the choice for this episode is a really good one. I choose I Am African by Calypso Rose featuring Bungie Garland. Sweet Calypso. I love the jump remix. I am the lion king that profit I look regal in my shaky I survived the place where them keep me I survived the things where them feed me Them trade and sell and put me through hell Then they come back and they free me But that make me stronger, now me last longer Fearless when they will treat me I was born with the sunlight reveling Yes, I've got this natural sunscreen Them call melanin And you can see my inner beauty And it's genuine Ancestral lands Yes, I'm heading in So Calypso Rose. She is always talking about that connection between the Caribbean and Africa. And so, you know, just knowing that we we really have to see ourselves as the entire Black diaspora and stop doing this, you know, African-American versus African versus Caribbean. Like, listen, when they're pulling us over, they're not checking. 
<laughs> they are not asking where were your parents born. We're in this together. We are in this fight together. It's a sad truth, but a, a an upbeat take on on that notion. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good song. Unity and strength. I love it. I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to hear what everybody's feedback is. Yeah. What? How do you feel about what Frank said? Uh, are you interested in? Bringing your funds back to Ghana, you know, buying property, starting a business. Uh, are you interested in doing that in America? Mm. That's a good point. Yeah, definitely investing our dollars is important. So where do we want to invest? <laughs> mm. Ah, this was a cool episode. I'm so excited. I love this series. I mean, we've got more for you guys. We've spoken to people all over and there are some really great takeaways, lots of insight. You know, sometimes it can feel like you're going through this in the U.S., but it's good to know that this is a global movement. We are a global community and we mostly are advocating for change and for equality. And that is dope. If you want to find out more about what we are doing individually, make sure you are following Soka Say So on all social media or go to SokaSaySo.com. Make sure you are following Dish Chick on all social media or go to D-Y-S-C-H-I-C-K.com. And please tune in for the next episode of our special limited series. Yeah. Okay, bye. Bye.